0: maker show with chris lewitt chris lewitt is an internationally recognized high performance coach educator and author of two best-selling books the tennis technique bible and the secrets of spanish tennis tune in weekly as chris answers questions live from around the world and discusses topics in junior development technical and tactical training spanish tennis methods and philosophies and more the Prodigy Maker Show is primarily focused on high performance junior training and how to help children maximize their potential. The program features intelligent insight from Chris and debate from leaders in the high performance industry. The show can be watched live on Chris's Facebook profile, and video versions of the show are archived at youtube.com forward slash Chris Lewitt. And now, here's Chris.
1: What's up, amigos? It's the Prodigy Maker Show. Episode 46 coming to you live from the Chris Lewitt Tennis Academy in Manchester, Vermont. And I'm excited to be back with you guys. It's been a couple weeks, and I apologize for the delay in getting the new shows out, but it is, after all, a pandemic. And it's been a little crazy in the Lewitt household. We got the four kids at home, little baby. And everyone's homeschooling, so it's a bit of chaos. But we're to do. I used to do a show per week, but trying to get two in per month right now. And as we can, I know a lot of my students like to follow the program, and we also get some new. uh, We get new audience members. We get I get new clients, uh, coaching clients this way. So it's a great way for me to meet new people, and it's a great way to reinforce concepts and theories and training modalities and methods with my current students who love to enjoy the program as well. So today I wanted to get into quickness and anticipation and how do you develop that. So if you guys have any questions about that, please feel free to chime in. I know we already have some folks uh, logged on. And so, if you're in the audience listening live, let me know if you have any questions about how to develop quickness and how to develop, especially anticipation, which I think is an untrained asset on the tennis court, and I want to talk about my thoughts about how to develop it and the way I sort of see it in my players. So for example, starting with quickness, a lot of times I have students who are slow, And the parents come to me or they come to me themselves and they want to know why their player is slower. Why am I slow on the court? And I want to try to break it down for you guys so you get sort of a rubric or a a perspective, a way to categorize and understand what's going on and what is causing a player to be slow to the ball. So number one, your player or you yourself, I'll just speak in terms, because this is the show about junior development, so I'll, I'll kind of talk about juniors, but this applies to adults, of course, as well. And I do have some serious adults training with me. But let's say you got a kid, and I most often work with kids, and they're having trouble getting to the ball. The first thing you gotta say is, okay, are they actually slow? Some kids are faster than others, obviously. So one of the things you can do is try to identify, do you have a slow kid or do you have a fast kid? Or where does your kid fit on the bell curve in terms of speed? Just pure speed. So if you put them on a 40 yard dash or 100 meters or 50 meters, you know, are they fast or not? You have to try to figure that out. Where do your kid, where do your kids lie on the speed spectrum? And some kids are just naturally more quick than others. They have better acceleration capabilities. And so that's one aspect of speed. Are they, are your, is your kid genetically gifted in the speed department? Do they have a quick first step, uh, a quick explosive speed when they're moving to the ball? Or, and you can measure that in a track. Usually, for example, a young kid, I like to ask kids, are you the fastest kid in your grade? Or I say to some of my young prodigies or young kids training with me, are you the fastest kid in your school? Are you the fastest kid in your town, in your region? Have you won any races, anything like that? And I'm searching, I'm fishing for some good answers. A good answer to me that uh, piques my interest and catches my ear is, yeah, I I win all the races in my gym class, in my grade, and I'm the second fastest in my school of all the grades, let's say middle school, between sixth and eighth grade for most in most places. So if a kid tells me, you know, I'm one of the fastest kids in my, I'm the fastest kid in my grade, and I'm the fastest kid in my school, or one of the fastest in my school, that is a very, very good sign, that's positive. And if a kid says, "I don't know what you're talking about. I don't run. I don't race. I don't even like running the mile. I I never won a sp- sprint in my life." That is not such a good sign in terms of your child or the child's running prowess or their quickness. So that that's not, that's kind of a negative indicator. And so. I want to try to address, you know, what you might do about that, too, and not just identify how to see speed and anticipation, but how do you also work on it? So I try to give you guys some advice, too, on what do you do, because it's it's not just enough to identify what you need to work on. I mean, that's half the battle, but you also probably want some tools and some methods, some drills, So what do you do to fix these things, so physical speed. The second part of quickness is the the way I see it is the reading. And what I mean by reading is, okay, the ball's being hit and your player has to r- read the situation. They have to track what's happening and get the information to the brain. And the third part of speed is the reaction. And that, for me, and this is Somewhat in layman's terms, I don't want to get too scientific or too biomechanical or uh, neurophysiological, but I mean some basic underpinnings of what's happening in the brain and in the body. The information is going to come in and it's going to get processed. And then your brain has to send a signal, an impulse to get the player moving, to get yourself or your player moving. So, to me, that's the other part of quickness, and that I like to call reading and reacting. So, the player has to read, track, get that information as quickly as possible into the brain. So, the eyes, this is where in Spain, they talk about the eyes. Okay, the eyes have to pick up whatever's happening, get that information to the brain, and the brain has to process it and send the quick signal to the muscles to to move, to react. And so I quantify speed in those three areas. And I, I would suggest to you, when you're looking at your player or yourself, try to think about your speed, your quickness in those three categories. Use that rubric, break it down that way. So for example, some players are very, very fast on the track. They're fast. They have that genetic gift of speed. However, on the tennis court, they don't get the stuff. Why is that? And we'll talk more about it. Part of it is related to anticipation, which is a big part of getting to balls and moving well in tennis. But the other part is they may not be reading well with their eyes, picking up on cues, garnering the information, uh, uh, assessing the information, processing it, and sending the signal fast. To the legs and the feet to move, and that's something you can work on. In Spain, they have a lot of really great exercises where they actually focus on that. Luis Bruguera is a very famous coach in Spain whom I've studied with for many years, and as some of you may know, I wrote the definitive book on Spanish tennis and Spanish training methods it's called The Secret of Spanish Tennis, so I consider myself an expert in that field. And one of the genius things that Luis Bruguera does is he has a system of drills that he uses to train just that. He uses those Spanish drills to train the eyes and the reaction. In fact, one of his most famous drills, which I highlight in my book, is called Reaction. So, eponymously titled Reaction. it's, It's the same name, Reaction, Reaction. Reaction works, Reaction. The name is the same. And the drill is fantastic, and I've, I've demonstrated that on our video site, which is uh, clta.teachable.com. You can, you can get that drill in our course. We have a course called Hashtag Flow Online. If you like online courses, that's our video course. And all of the players who have trained with me have done that drill before. If, if we're working on movement and quickness, it's called Reaction. And... The reaction exercise from Luis is where he he has this way of hand tossing the ball in rapid succession and also with feints and surprises and it challenges the eyes and reaction of the player and over time it really does help develop a quicker reading and a quicker reaction in the brain and the body so i think that is one of the keys is on-court training of reaction and uh, reading that will help your player tremendously. Another part is the mechanics and the timing of the split step. I've written about this a lot and talked about the split step is often poorly executed by players and it's often poorly timed. The technique is usually not so good in players that have trouble getting to balls and the, the timing is often Wrong. So, a lot of players will split-step too early, a lot of, split, a lot of players will split-step late, and either one of those will, dis, will reduce the, the quickness to the ball, and the reaction will be slower. So, practicing a good technical split-step, where the player is balanced, wide, landing on the balls of the feet, you know, good, uh, good mechanics of the split-step, also training the split-step and the first move to the ball, Very, very important for developing that quick first step and that burst of energy to the ball. So when I have players who are slow or slower, I like to do a lot of training with the split step and movement mechanics, focusing on the first step to the ball, focusing on linking the split step to the movement to the ball. And if you work on that enough, you can enhance and develop the speed of your player and how quickly they're able to move Uh, to the ball. So the physical speed is one aspect, the reaction is another aspect, and the reading. So if you can think about those three categories, analyze and assess your player or yourself. Are you deficient in any one or a number of those categories? And then you can try to work on that. If you have slow speed, genetically you're not that gifted, you can make yourself less slow. You can hook up with the trainer. You can do all sorts of sprints and movement drills on the court and off the court. You can go to a track. You can get a certified track coach and they can help you with sprint mechanics. They can help you with your developing your general speed and that's a good thing. So try to identify, identify, is my player naturally fast? If so, you may not need to work as much on sprint mechanics general speed training or if your player is kind of sluggish not really a natural runner you probably should invest in a track and field coach a running coach someone to take them out and teach them good mechanics of running good form good explosiveness and that's trainable it's trainable to a certain extent i always say you can't make a slow player fast but you can make a slow player less slow and with my players who are less gifted in that department I would definitely encourage training that, you know, actively training that on a track and also on the court. Then you can use some of the Spanish exercises to train on the court the eyes and the feet, the reading and the reaction. And there's also new technologies in this realm. You have a lot of researchers, PhDs, uh, scientists, sports scientists who are studying how to speed up the, the eye movements, the tracking, how quickly the brain processes. So there's, like, there are apps for that now. There are uh, digital boards with light, light boards, that different exercises you can use with technology. This is an area that I'm quite interested in, is the, the future of training the eyes, uh, training the vision, vision training, basically. And there's a lot of new technologies on the horizon to train vision if you're into the tech, if you're into the uh, cutting-edge type Uh, technological training, I would suggest you you research that and see what you can find in terms of computer apps or computer technology or light boards or anything you can do to train uh, the tracking with the eyes, the vision and the processing speed in the brain Along with reaction, there's a lot of off-court drills you can do for reaction. Trainers do that. There's different drills with ball, with reaction ball. Sometimes the Z-ball is popular, like balls that bounce in a a random way. Uh, All sorts of randomized exercises to help develop reaction and uh, first step. So there's things you can do off the court and on the court with drills and exercises. There's new technologies on the horizon to train vision. There's a lot of interesting developments in that particular area of, of speed and quickness. But the good old-fashioned way is with the tennis ball, with maybe a reaction ball, sometimes called a Z-ball, uh, with uh, basically the coach randomizing tosses and uh, hand tosses, typically, and the player has to read and react accordingly and try to get to the ball as quickly as possible and it's very effective and very simple and effective way to train the eyes and the reaction. If, if you don't want to go the high-tech approach, go the low-tech approach and just go with the tried and true hand tossing, randomized tossing, feints and fake-outs and surprises. Uh, check out some of my videos if, you, if you're not visualizing what I'm talking about. But typically, the coach or trainer will hand feed in randomized, surprising ways. And the player will have to learn to, to read quickly and adjust quickly. So that's in the realm of quickness. Now, this sort of links me to anticipation. Anticipation is something that in a lot of players needs to be trained. In the best players, the players who are the, the most gifted, the highest ranked players that I've had over the years, the top national ranked kids, the top ITF kids that I've coached, The number one kids in the East, number one kids in New England, whom I've worked with. Developed a lot of those kids. I have a good background in this. Those kids who are really special, I've noticed when I play with them, when I see them at tournaments, they always have great anticipation. Always. they're They're never stuck on the court. They're always moving, sometimes before the rival hits, they're always reading where the ball is going to go and anticipating where the ball is going to go. They have a tremendous court sense. All the top kids who I've worked with are like that. And whether they learn that just through, whether there's something innate that they've, they've always had on the tennis court, some players are like that. They just have the natural gift. They have a knack for being where the ball is going to go. And other players... Sometimes really struggle with that. So that is going to make your player look a lot faster on the court. The anticipation is the X factor. And if you have a player who's a little slow, maybe they're not going to win any medals on the 50 meter or 100 meter out on the track. You can make that player a lot faster or a lot less slow if you train their anticipation well. And so I want to talk about that too. I have a number of tangents along that line, but for example, as I'm getting older and I'm still trying to play good tennis, I believe that the best asset that I can develop is my anticipation, is my reading, because my natural speed is declining as I age, even though I'm still playing very well. My I'm not as fast as I used to be 15 or 20 years ago. And so instead of feeling Hopeless about my, my movement. What I've tried to do is remind myself that a lot of the best movers in tennis, they anticipate and they're able to move even before the other ball, uh, the ball on the other side of the net is struck. And so I've been encouraging myself say, hey, okay, Chris, you're getting a little slower, and not as quick as you used to be, but come on, man. If you work on your eyes and you're reading and you're anticipating, you can still get to everything if you're sharp and you're cagey about it if you're smart with your eyes and your reading you can be everywhere even if you're slowing down so i think that is gives a lot of hope to us players who are aging a little bit Uh, adult players serious adult players i'm working with a serious adult player here at the academy this week and that's something that we talk about as you're getting a little slower you can still develop your anticipation so getting back to juniors Juniors who are a little slower, you need to identify, are they slow because they're missing something in the quickness department, physical quickness, poor reading, poor reacting? Is it something in in that area or is it something in anticipation? I'll tell you what, the players who are the worst, like I had a dad who just logged in and left a comment and he said, my daughter needs this. Helps so much this topic. And I hear that from a lot of parents. And I see some other friends are tuning in. Guys, thank you for the waves, and thank you for saying hello. Christian and, Der- and Derko says you have to train the eye. Right, that's what I was talking about. You gotta train the eyes. But if, if you have a player who's slow, and it's frustrating as a parent, usually the parents are very frustrated. They come to me like, my daughter, my son, he's always late to the ball, he's not moving well on the court, he always looks sort of stuck in the mud or slow to react. And I try to have this same discussion that I'm having with you guys, with the parent, and I try to explain the way I see it, and then together we try to identify what is actually causing this player to be slow. Is it in the quickness, physical quickness? Is it in the reaction? Is it in the reading, the eye-tracking? or is it in the anticipation? So it's the big three plus anticipation. Keep it simple, that's the way I see it. If you see another reason why someone's slow, please leave a comment and let me know. But for me, it's always gonna come down to those big three, and then the fourth one is is three plus one, is the anticipation aspect. Figure out what is the issue. For the kids who are really struggling, for the parents who are desperate and they can't figure out why their kid can't move well, it's frustrating them tremendously. It's usually all of the above. And that's when you have a kid who's seriously struggling on the court. They may have beautiful strokes, but they may not get to the ball well. I was saying to one of my players recently, that's one of the differences, big differences between a good hitter and a good player. A good hitter has nice technique, good form, hits the ball well in practice, but when they play, they don't play so good because they're often out of position. They don't move well to the ball. They look slow, even though they may not be slow. They may be fairly quick or average or above average speed, physical speed, but they look slow on the court. They're slow on the first step to the ball. They're slow on the recovery. They, and they don't anticipate generally they don't anticipate well so you have those four categories of and that's where you start developing your training plan you start thinking about okay I got to identify which of the three areas plus one is my player struggling with or myself and I need to start training those areas specifically to develop them otherwise your player or yourself will probably always struggle with movement on the court. You won't play your best tennis. Now, in terms of anticipation, I don't wanna to get too deep in the weeds here. Try to keep it simple for all parents, and coaches out there watching. If there are any player, a lot of players like to listen to the show and watch the show. You got three plus one, physical, physical speed departments, neurophysiological, link with the eyes, and you got the anticipation. Now, within the category of anticipation, I like to identify three types of anticipation. So, if you say, my player, he or she is really struggling with anticipation, what do I do? First thing is you have to assess which type of anticipation they are struggling with, or commonly, all of them, all three of them. The first one is technical anticipation. What is that? It's when your player has a good sense of technique and the body, I like to say the body language, as my old coach Gilad Bloom likes to say, the body language of your opponent. What are they doing with their arms, with their shoulders, with their legs, their feet? And players who anticipate well are very good at picking up on technical cues which oftentimes give you a hint, an indication where the ball is going to go, what type of shot your rival is going to hit. And players who are not very technically knowledgeable or technically observant are oftentimes clueless. And they don't pick up on the little cues and they often seem surprised when their opponent hits a certain shot this way or that way because they didn't read the mechanics of their rival's body language. So I think technical anticipation is something that needs to be trained. Players need to be educated in good technique, of course, for themselves. But also, when you flip it around, they should have a good understanding of technique because that's going to help their anticipatory skill as they're reading the other player during a match or during points. The next type of anticipation that I like to describe is tactical or geometric anticipation. So in this type of anticipation, it's not about reading your opponent's technique. It's about reading their tactic, their strategy, their strategic tendencies. It's about also understanding geometry. So sometimes I call it geometric anticipation. It's based on some general principles of where are you positioned? Where is your opponent positioned? Court positioning. What are the options that your opponent has? What are the percentage options that your opponent may may or may not play? They, if they are a high-risk player or a low-risk player, they may make different choices. But it's about understanding all of the basic geometric patterns and choices that your opponent has and generally position yourself in the, the highest percentage place that your opponent may go. And over time, that is a skill that can be developed. It, it can be developed with match play. It can, tournament play helps a lot, playing different types of players and learning from different styles and, and strategies. You know, playing different opponents will help with that because you see different patterns of play. You see, you start to understand where players tend to go in certain situations. So this is situational anticipation. In my experience, some players who don't move quote-unquote, move well, or, or their parents say they are slow, typically they have horrible, horrible tactical anticipation. They have no clue, no inkling where the ball's coming. And so they're always just sort of, it's like they're, they're playing tennis in the dark, almost with their eyes closed. You know, a lot of players do. I see that a lot. You see players who have good form and good technique, but when they play, it's almost like they are blind. They just, almost like they're looking only on their side of the net. They don't look across the net to see both the technical uh, details and the tactical details. They don't understand positioning. They don't understand where they are. They don't understand where their opponent is. They don't understand their opponent's best option. And they don't ever move in an anticipatory way. They always just react rather than proact they, they don't move proactively at all and as i was trying to say to you guys the top kids the really elite kids the amazing prodigies who I've, I've been blessed to work with the really gifted kids they always move proactively and when i play them if i play a set against the top junior or even just baseline points the best ones are always moving even before i hit and i go aha this kid has a brain. This kid is thoughtful. This kid understands tactical and geometric positioning patterns and there and there's there 's an active process in their mind as i 'm hitting they 're thinking about it 's a very quick decision making process but they 're active their mind is engaged with what i 'm trying to do with the ball and they 're trying to move accordingly but most players their mind is not engaged at all they're they 're not in tune with what's happening tactically and they're not trying to read the mind of their rival and that manifests as a slow player that just typically parents say my kids slow I don't understand why he's just slow slow so relating to reading the mind the third type of anticipation the way I see it the way I break it down for my clients for my players, for my parents, you know, this is a talk I have with a lot of parents, is literally psychological anticipation. And that means reading the mind of your rival, literally, like a psychic, understanding what are their tendencies? Where do they like to go? What's their favorite shot? What do they like to do? How do they like to play? In this situation, where do they tend to go? On in this moment of the match, on a big point, for example, where do they? What's their tendency? What's their predilection? And again, the top kids who I work with, they always have that. They're always trying to read. They're mind readers, and they they could pick your pocket and you wouldn't even know it. You wouldn't know your wallet's gone. These kids are. They have this gift. They have a knack. I don't know. I think a lot of it's innate with the really talented ones but I mean obviously you can train these areas. You can train a kid for what to look for and how to be more astute in their observation of all these aspects of their opponent. But in my experience the kids have this, they just sort of have it, it's like a court sense that they have. It's usually gifted to them, the really good ones, the really elite prodigy kids. But if you're not fortunate to be one of those people. You have to try to work on it. You have to try to practice your observation skills. You know, coach can help with that. On the tennis court, you can play points and you can talk about tendencies. You can talk about geometry. You can talk about high percentage shot selection and where to position yourself. You can, t- you can improve technical Knowledge and understanding and what to, what details to observe. So, all of these things I think are trainable. It's just that in the, the really special kids whom I've worked with, you didn't have to train it. They just did it. They just had it from, from the get go. And it's quite a remarkable gift to have. And the reason why you know a kid has it is if you're playing with them and you see that as you're hitting, they're moving before the ball. Usually, that's a giveaway that their mind's really active in the process of trying to figure you out. They're reading you. They're literally reading your mind. And the best players do that so, so well. Sometimes I talk about Rafa and Novak. You take those two, for example. And here you have two guys who are the fastest guys in the world in tennis. You know, if you put them on a track, they could probably run an amazing uh, 40 yard dash or 100 meter dash. You know, it would, it would be top class. So they're incredibly fast. They have all the physical elements. So you check the boxes. They have the speed. They have great reading, processing speed in the eyes and the brain. And they have a quick signal to their muscles to move. So they have this great nervous system. And uh, the mental, uh, neurophysiological link is quick. And they are physically very quick. Not very quick. Like great, in greatest speed probably in the world on the tennis court. I'm just using these two guys as an example. And in addition, they've got this incredible gift of anticipation. They have the anticipatory skills that I talked about, the big three, technical anticipation, tactical anticipation, and psychological anticipation. So they're, they're, they're expert mind readers, you know? So if you play someone like that, it's a nightmare. An absolute nightmare if they are solid and consistent because they always are where you hit the ball. You hit the ball left, they're like waiting for it. You hit the ball right, and they're waiting for it. And you're like, this is impossible. And usually you try to force and you make more errors because the player's always where you're hitting the ball. It's very frustrating, it's very intimidating can be anxiety producing, and usually players will respond by trying to go for too much in their attack shots, for example. But anyway, when you combine world-class speed, those three categories that I mentioned, and world-class anticipation, you have a shot to have a real world-class player. And it works the same with juniors, whether the kid is 10, or 12, or 14, whatever, you can see it from a very young age. If they have great speed, like top-level speed, and you see that the mind is engaged, and they anticipate, and they read well, and they have all those gifts that I mentioned, you've got the potential to have a pretty amazing player there, potentially a world-class player. And when you don't see some of those gifts in play, some of those skill, you don't see the skill set it doesn't mean the player can't be world class, but it, I do think it means you need to start addressing the deficits it, really early in the development cycle, really young, and, and try to train it as best you can, whether it's something in the physical speed or it's something in the anticipatory skill or understanding. You, you want to start introducing all of these concepts to the player when they're young, to try to give them the best chance they have to be a world-class player. Because if, if those deficits are left to untrained, un- underdeveloped, the player will struggle. They will not reach their full potential when they're older. So, guys, I hope you find this helpful. Think about it that way. You have the big three, physical speed, the speed and the efficiency of the reading with the eyes, and you have the mental processing speed, including the signal speed to the muscles to move, that's the reaction. Physical speed, reading, reaction. Three plus one, what's the other aspect of quickness? Anticipation. Someone who is not that fast can make themselves a lot faster with great anticipation. So, if you have a player who's not naturally uh, speedy, train the mind. Give them the understanding, knowledge about technique, knowledge about tactics, good general knowledge. The knowledge is power. The knowledge is going to make that kid faster. What You you should also try to develop the other aspects, but the, the knowledge and the understanding of what to read on the court will make a slow player much faster, they will appear faster, and they will feel faster to your opponent. sometimes you get players who are actually not very fast if you put them on the track, they wouldn't impress anybody, but when they play, they get to everything they're very t- very tough to get the ball by someone who anticipates well someone who's reading your mind all the time it's hard to hit a winner they're always they're always there, and as I said, if you have blazing fast speed, and some, and reading mind. So if a player is very fast and well-trained in their movements, like they're, they're mechanically efficient in their steps and in their footwork, and they have this gift of anticipating, of mind reading, well, now you have something very, very special. That's why when you hear players who play Rafa, and they just come off the court shaking their head like, not only does this guy never miss, but he's always where I hit the ball. I cannot hit the ball by this guy. Literally, you, if you ever get a chance to play someone that good or at your level who has those similar gifts, it's like you cannot hit the ball by this person. They're always getting their racket on the ball. It's, it's incredibly intimidating and frustrating. And if you ever play someone like that and you're trying to understand how, what is actually happening, the dynamic that's happening is you're dealing with someone who's physically fast and who has great anticipation. They are reading your mind. They are picking your pocket. And you didn't realize that your wallet's missing. And that is a skill, a talent, talent that we, we as coaches and parents want to try to develop in the kids who, whom we work with. We want to. If, if it's not innate, we have to try to train it. So I hope you guys appreciate that. Wait, Scott Austin... Is in the the program with uh, thank you for the positive comments Scott and a quick question I am on my lunch break here I've got to get back to the real training at the Academy here Scott what do you got for me do you think having your kid watch tennis matches on TV can help with speed and court knowledge knowing where the ball is likely to be hit by your opponent that's a really great question Scott Uh, Tony Nadal the great Spanish coach talks about this, how he used to do this with Rafa, and other top coaches also believe in watching matches. But the way that it works, Joffre Porta is another one, one of my mentors from Mallorca, along with Tony Nadal. These are sort of, maybe Joffre is lesser known in uh, outside of Spain, but very, these are legendary coaches in Spain. Tony Nadal is very famous, obviously. But they talk about how Working with kids, if you watch matches, or if you watch television, if you sit with them and you talk to them about the tactics, you develop their knowledge, you can improve your players' anticipation by watching matches, but with a specific focus. Focus on the pattern. Talk about the court positioning. Talk about how, hey, do a replay, or go back and watch points and say, see, he was, Rafa was positioned there, and Novak was positioned there and you see how he went to this location and you see how Rafa moved. Rafa started moving there before Novak even hit it because he knew that that was where the ball was likely to go. And if you have these conversations, you can definitely through this like a chalk talk or a TV talk, you can definitely develop better knowledge in, in the player. And then when the player goes back on the court, they start to... Uh, incorporate that knowledge in, into their reading and their anticipation, that you improve their anticipation skills. So that is a really good idea, and there, I know top coaches who believe in that. They say that, that's important, it's important to watch matches, but you have to talk about it. You, you can't just let the kid watch matches and you don't know what they're looking at. They might be looking at the latest uh, clothing that the players are wearing, or the outfits, or the, the, the hairstyles, or who knows what. You know, so you, you have to be engaged with your player when you 're watching matches, whether it 's on TV or live, but there's a lot of learning that can be done by analyzing the patterns and the tendencies uh, of the pros or anyone. You could watch any you could watch two adult players at the club playing, and I could find it quite interesting to try to figure out what are their tendencies. Uh, if your son or daughter can fi- can start to read players on TV read their mind, what do they like to do, then you're definitely developing that skill. And they will take that skill and apply it to other opponents that they play. So that's a great point, great question. Guys, I gotta get back to the real deal. Live training in person at the CLTA. Come and visit anytime. You can train with me 25 hours a week, that's no joke. 25, five hours a day times five, personal boutique training at my own club here, the club that's dedicated to junior high-performance training. We're now here full-time in the Northeast. Not many people know we're even here yet. I talked to many parents who are like, I didn't even know you were in the area. You can drive up here from any major city in the Northeast, don't have to fly down to Florida, and you can get world-class training in the Northeast, believe it or not. A lot of people feel they have to go down South, or take a plane ride somewhere to get world-class training. It's not true, it's right here. We're small, we're personalized, and you can train personally with me on the court. We also have professional gym up here, professional trainer that you can work with. You can get everything that you need as a high-performance player in a very personalized, uh, customized training setting. So I think that's uh, very unique. We have boarding, we have non-boarding. I'm super excited, it's my new project up here and hopefully as the year the year goes on and the word gets out we're gonna build up this year-round program you know the summer camp up here has been going for four or five years now and and you know we have a very popular summer high performance camp with players from all over the country and now i'm here in the winter as well and we're building out our year-round academy so players can visit at any time and train with me one-on-one or in small group, and it's, it's really high quality and special. So, I appreciate you guys, thanks for listening. If you wanna come train with me, just let me know, just shoot me a message. You can set up your training plan, or if you're not able to come train with me, you can keep enjoying the program and steal all my good ideas and train your kid at home that way. And I know I have many parents and coaches out there doing that, that's okay. That's part of the deal. Uh, Thank you, guys. Great program. As always, God bless. Adios. I will see you on the next program.
0: We hope you enjoyed the program. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and recommend the show to your friends. We greatly appreciate your likes and shares. Thank you for your support of the show and for helping us grow our audience. If you would like to train with Chris, please visit chrislewitt.com for more info. You can also join Chris's online school, clta.teachable.com, and follow his blog at prodigymaker.com. A reminder that all show archives can be found at youtube.com forward slash Chris Lewitt, and the show can be watched live on Facebook. Just search Chris Lewitt on Facebook to join the show. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. Vamos!